Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Lackadar Podcast. We are very glad you decided to join us today. Our hope here at Lackadar is that we are more than a podcast, not because of us, but because of God, and that we strive to bring glory to Him because that's the only place where glory is deserved, and that the listeners either come to know Christ if they don't, or built up in their walk with Christ. With that being said, of course, Lackadar does not need to be a substitute for your church body. We pray that you're plugged into a church body and are not letting Lackadar be a substitute for that. But hopefully, Lackadar is helping you in your daily walk. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on our social media pages, which are in the episode description. We hope you enjoy the episode and God uses it. And thank you for tuning into this as always, as this is our final episode of 2022. We're going to talk more about that in closing thoughts. But before that, we have a very, very exciting episode today that I'm looking extremely forward to. And as I was preparing for this episode, I was thinking that this is quite possibly one of my favorite episodes we've done. And one of my favorite episodes to study for So. As we're about to kick off this recording, or as we have kicked off this recording, we're going to open up with a word of prayer, and then we're going to dive off into it. So let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, I I thank you for this day, and I just, I thank you for everything you've done for us, God, and I just thank you so much that we've had an amazing Christmas season, God, remembering what you've done. And as we're going to finish our Christmas study today, talking about one of the greatest things ever that's going to happen, God. And I thank you for that. Thank you for each and every one of these listeners. I hope they had an amazing time with family and friends remembering you. Help us to love you, love each other more every day. Help me not to speak my own words, but speak yours, God. As this, as this is a very important topic, confusing to some, God. Confusing to most, God. Confusing to me sometimes, God. But we just thank you for it. And thank you for the truth that we're about to talk about. Help us to love you, love each other more every day. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Alright. So, today we are wrapping up our Christmas study. Starting out with the reason for Jesus. The lostness of mankind. Lostness, I don't know if that's a word, but we just made it a word. The depravity, the sinfulness of mankind. Then we moved into some prophecies about this guy named Jesus. And then we talked about the prophecies being fulfilled through his birth and then his crucifixion and resurrection. Those were the next two episodes, birth and crucifixion and resurrection was last week. And today, we're closing out 2022 with the title of this episode is The King Returns. And if you remember right, we kind of closed out the episode last week talking about how in Jesus' tomb there was this folded cloth and that meant the king was coming back 
Guess what? He does. So we're going to be reading today. If you have your Bible and you would like to turn, if you're driving, though, I would not recommend that you turn there. But this is Revelation 19, 11 through 21, and then we're going to look at the very end at Revelation 22, verse 3. But, yeah, the king is coming back. And this, I believe, is a very first for the Lackadar podcast. Unless I'm not thinking about a time, I don't think we have ever read from the book of Revelation. And yes, there is there is no S on the end of Revelation. It is one revelation from God to John of a lot of events that are going to take place. Now, literal, figurative, which is it? I think there are many, I think there are a lot of things in Revelation that we can take literally. I think what we are going to read today very much is taken literally. Is there a dragon? I believe that is figurative for the Antichrist. That's, I'm sorry, the beast is the Antichrist, the dragon is Satan. But, I believe that there are things in here that we are to take extremely literally. And there are things in here we are to take figuratively. But, we are going to read about quite possibly the greatest thing that is, not quite possibly, the greatest thing that's ever going to happen that maybe we'll be here for, maybe we won't be, but it's going to happen. Here it goes. Revelation 19, 11 through 21 says this. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, his judges he judges and makes war. Who is this rider? Well, there's only one that is faithful and true and judges in righteousness. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. So, white horse. We're going to kind of walk through this similarly to what we did with the birth. Going to add a little bit more describing things. though. So, white horse. Maybe you know, maybe you don't know. It was customary in Rome when a general or someone had won a huge battle to ride into town on a white horse. See, the final battle has not taken place yet. That's going to take place in verses 16 through 21 that we're going to read about. So Jesus is already declaring that he's won. He won when he was resurrected. Death no longer had a hold on us. And Jesus Jesus is proving that right here. But the end of Satan and his people is coming to a very, very near end in Revelation 19. It ends. Well, there's the millennium after that, that there's a little bit. Satan doesn't have any power in that time, but Satan is not thrown away until after that time. So there's about a thousand, there's a thousand year time after this, but Satan's not allowed to do anything in that time. But that's a different subject for a different day. So this Jesus guy that we've talked about, he has now come back again riding on a white horse. And if you remember right, we talked about Jesus' humility his first time here. He was born in... Alright, sorry. For you, there might be a little bit of repeating. I'm recording in a little bit different place, and there was an extremely loud noise. So I think I've got that all edited out. At the moment, I do not because I worked on the editing, but I think it's going to be edited out. And you'll pick up right where we were, talking about the humility of Jesus the first round. First time he was here, he was born to a virgin that was like 14 to 16 years old, probably. 
in the tiny little town of Bethlehem. No one knew it, but this time, everybody's going to see it. He's coming back because he has won the victory. And he's not, he's not being humble this time, nor should he be. Because he's the king of the universe, and he is the victor in this battle. So verse 12 picks up, his eyes are like a flame of fire. He sees everything. And back in the beginning of this, we see that again. Back at the beginning of John's vision, we see that he sees everything, able to pierce through and see the intentions of the heart because his eyes are flame of fire. And on his head, many diadems. He's royalty. He's the king of the world. And he, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. We will never truly be able to understand how amazing he is, especially not at this time. He has a name that none of us are going to be able to understand except himself. That's how powerful this Jesus guy is, that he's returning at this time. And then it says, it picks up in verse 13, he is clothed in a robe dripped in blood. He's dripped in the blood of our sin. He has already covered our sins. The whole world sins at this point. And there's still people that are going to fight against him here. But he has... Died on the cross and our sins are covered for. He's already fought those sins. He won the battle by being crucified and rose from the dead. Our sins are atoned for and that's the blood he's dripped in right now. Then verse 13 continues on to say, In the name by which he is called the Word of God. He's the greater revelation of the Father. A lot of what we know about God's character, we see in Jesus. He's patient. He's humble. He's... Jesus the man was humble. God the Father has no need to be humble. But he's caring, he's loving, but he's also correcting. Slow to anger, we know that about both Jesus and the Father. Sorry, I completely lost my train of thought there. But... This is this Jesus, as John calls him at the beginning of his gospel. And remember, John is the one writing this. He says he is the Word. He's the greater revelation of the Father. What we know about God, a lot of what we know about his character is seen in Jesus. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen. That's the bride of Christ. Because we go back up to verse 8 and it talks about the bride of Christ, which is believers are going to be arrayed in this fine linen. That's us, the fine white linen. That means... Because it goes on to say in 14, fine, white li fine linen, white and pure. We're following him on white horses. We're wearing the white garments. We're on white horses. Because of Jesus, we have won the battle. We didn't do anything on our own. When we said, yes, Lord, I want you more than my sin. We then were on the white horse with Jesus. Because we have won the battle. And that's pretty powerful to me. Because... God did not have to allow us to win. Did not have to allow us to ride with Jesus here. But we are. Verse 15 considers, comes, goes on to say, From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He's able to just speak and the nations are struck down. And he will rule them with rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God, the Almighty. He's coming to conquer the sin that's there. These people that are following Satan and the Antichrist and the false prophet. 
He's coming to conquer them because he is over them. He's judging justly us. The believers that are still there, they're not going to be judged. But he's striking down the wicked. And he's about to come into this millennium of earthly ruling. Where Satan has no power. And then we continue on in that verse. It says, well, and continue on in the next verse in 16. It says, On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. That's exactly what he is. Of all the little K kings and the little L lords, he is the capital K king and the capital L lord. He's the one that's over all of them. He's the one that's over you and me. He's the one that is over these people that are actively choosing to fight him and his people. And yet they don't realize that. And let's take a second here to think about this. And we can judge them all day long. But are we any better? And the answer is no. We have people that here in the next couple of verses, verse 17 and onward through 21, that are actively fighting God. And you say, well, I would never do that. Really? We do it all the time. We might not think we do. But every time we sin, we're fighting against God. We're saying, God, I know better than you. When we don't do what the Holy Spirit's telling us to do, and we're opposing what He's telling us to do, we're fighting against God. And yeah, it might seem like we've won in the moment, but in the end, God always wins. And <clears throat> God's will is always accomplished. Because He's God and He's over everyone. And, you know, some say, some don't like this because it doesn't talk about God's love. And yes, God is a very loving God. God's so loving that He gave us the decision to choose Him. And when we don't choose Him, or when people don't choose Him, there's only one option God has, and that's hell. And God has given us a, an option far greater than that. And all we have to do is say, God, I don't want to be in this sin anymore. I want to follow You. Then we go on to verse 17, and it says this, Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and with a loud voice, he called to all the birds that fly directly overhead, come, come gather for the great supper of God, to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all men, both free and slave, both small and great. So if you're like me, you're saying, what in the world does that verse mean? Before, this, this is what's known as the Battle of Armageddon. Before... That takes place before we've even killed anybody. Before Jesus has even killed these people. An angel is summoning birds to come and feast on their dead bodies. That's how confident we can be that we win the battle. Before the battle has even begun, birds are come being summoned so they can come eat the dead bodies. The corpse of these men that are about to lose. That's pretty awesome to me. And only Jesus can say that. And then it continues on in 19. And I saw the beasts and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make... I saw the beasts, said the Antichrist. And the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse and against his army. So these people are trying to make war with Jesus. And the beast was captured and with, its, with it the false prophet who in its presence had done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. 
The lake of fire is the eternal hell. That's where everyone that has turned against God, that has not come to the knowledge of His saving power, has not made Him the Lord of their life. That's where they go. At the end of twenty, uh, chapter 20, hell, Hades, where those people are now that have died, that did not, not die knowing Christ. They're in this place called death and Hades. Otherwise known as hell. Um, and it's temporary. But in Revelation 20, that is picked that is picked up, everyone in it, and thrown into this lake of fire with the beast and the false prophet. And the false prophet is one that is doing all these signs and wonders trying to get people to believe in the beast. Or the Antichrist. So... On this side over here, I know you can't see me, but on the bad side over here, if you will, we have Satan, we have the beast, or the Antichrist, and we have the false prophet. And over here on the good side, you have God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. So, it's kind of like over here on the bad side, if you will, it's kind of like an unholy trinity. I've heard it described as that before. And then over here, you have our trinity, the Godhead. And the beast and the false prophet. And later on Satan and everybody else that's on that's under Satan. Who those that have not followed God. They're all going to this lake of fire and sulfur. Which is going to be there for eternity. Whereas we will be in heaven for eternity with Jesus. <clears throat> Verse 21 says. And the rest were slain by the sword. That came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse. And all the birds were were gorged with their flesh. So everyone else was killed. Every evil person that was involved in this battle. And it's not every person. Because we see in chapter 20 when we talk about the millennium. When Jesus is ruling and Satan doesn't have any power to rule. That there's still some unsaved people at this time. Because it is before the new heaven and the new earth. It's before that all of the evil is gone. So not everyone... Not every evil is dead at this point. But those who are, the birds that were summoned in the beginning are now eating their flesh. This is an amazing picture of Jesus coming back and Jesus conquering over the thing he proved that he was going over. When he conquered death, he conquered death once and for all when he resurrected. Now he's conquering Satan and his minions. So death no longer has power. This is, the, this is the final conquering over death. Because the people that are with Jesus, those that are not thrown into like a fire and sulfur in chapter 20, death has no power, which death had no power over them before, because they're his people. Now there are a few people that are not, there are people that do not die at the end of Revelation 19 that are not in heaven. Let's make no mistake about that. Because these are the ones that actively helped the Antichrist fight Jesus and Jesus' bride. So it is a little bit confusing. And I don't know all the details. Don't claim to. But I know. That Jesus wins. And that Satan and death lose. And right now. Where I'm sitting. Where I hope every one of you is sitting. Death has no power over me. But death. Has died in the life of every believer. Of every believer. Death has no longer has a power over any believer. But Satan is still has power over the unbelievers. And death has power over unbelievers. Because they have not given their life to the one that's conquered death. And when they do, then death no longer has power over them. 
And then, at this time, so we're skipping on to Revelation 22, there's no longer anything that death has a power over because death is now in the lake of fire. It's gone. Forever. There's no one in the world that is going to, at this point in time, that's going to die because they're all going to be in heaven with us. Are we going to be here at this time? I don't know. I don't have a clue. Because this could be a thousand years from now and we would all be dead anyway. So who knows? But the most important thing when reading Revelation is to remember these next words. So from Revelation 22, 3. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. So no matter if you think that the rapture is going to happen before the tribulation, after the tribulation, no matter your stance on the millennium when that takes place, no matter your stance on is it figurative or literal, no matter anything about that, no matter what the other books of Re the other chapters in Revelation mean, two things to remember: Jesus is the one sitting on the throne, and His people worship Him. Yes, it is very important for us to read Revelation and for us to... I don't think we ever really are going to fully know anything about Revelation until it, till it unfolds and we get to watch it, whether we are saved here on the earth or we're saved in heaven with Jesus. But we must remember this one thing. Jesus, Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is on the throne. And there's nothing anyone can do Take him off. He's proved that by resurrecting and then by taking care and killing. They're still eternally alive in a place of suffering. But Satan no longer has power over anyone. Right now, where we're sitting in 2022, almost 2023, Satan has power over those that are not in the world. I mean, that are in the world, not us. We know that death no longer has a hold on anybody that has made the decision to follow Christ. But, for those that have not, we have to tell them, look, you're going to die and you're going to experience horrible things. Eternity. Just miserable. Come. and Come to the one that has conquered death and will soon, because even if it's a thousand years, that soon conquers Satan and death will finally have a hold on no one because all of those who have been saved will be free with Jesus. And all of those who are not, they'll be in the eternal fire. And death will be no more. There will be no more tears. Nothing. Because Jesus has conquered. And I don't know about you, but I want to be on the winning team. And I am. And I hope you are too. And if not, Jesus came. He died on the cross for you. rose from the dead. If you believe that and you make him the Lord of your life, say, God, I don't want to, I don't want to live in this sin anymore. I don't want to die and have a miserable eternity. I want to be with you. I want you to be the Lord of my life because you've conquered death and I want you as the Lord of my life. When you do that, he becomes the Lord of your life and you no longer die and go to hell. So if you have been saved, share that with people. Say, look, I don't want you to die and go to hell. I don't want you to live this life without Jesus as your Savior. Let's do that. I'm challenging myself and everyone to do that. Because it's a very important thing. Best decision you'll ever make. So, 
no matter where you fall on anything in Revelation. Revelation 22.3 might be the greatest verse in the whole Bible. Of course, we can't, we're not supposed to rate verses in the Bible because they're all God-breathed. But it gives us the most hope of anything. The last chapter of the Bible, Jesus is on the throne and we're worshiping him. And I can't think of anything better. So let's remember that as we go throughout our lives. Will it, Will Jesus come back in 2023? I don't know. Maybe. Will he come back in 2022? Possibly. There's still. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be December 27th. You've still got till December 31st at midnight. So maybe. Will he come back in our lifetime? Maybe. But instead of speculating when he's going to come back, and no one knows except God the Father. Let's, let's think about something we don't have to speculate on. Jesus wins. Jesus has won over death. But the final stomping out, the final where it has no more power over anyone, is in the lake of, is when he's thrown into the lake of fire and salt. And all those that chose to not go with Jesus are there with him. So let's remember that. Let's remember that. Death no longer has a power over me, and I hope it no longer has a power over you. And if it does... I pray that you would make the decision to follow Christ. For when the final stomping out of death comes, where it is put away never to touch anyone that is not in the lake of fire and soul, I want you to be saved before that happens. Because we could die before any of this happens. But, Jesus wins. That's the most important part of this whole series. From sin, from our first episode of sin and everything looking horrible, to the climax of the story where Jesus came, died, and rose from the dead. To the victorious ending. That Jesus is God. And there is nothing against him anymore. And that is an amazing story. And that's our story. We were in sin. Jesus saved us. He's Lord. Let's remember that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And then we're going to wrap it up with the final closing thoughts of 2022. Dear Lord, I, I thank you for this day, and I thank you that you win. I thank you that you've already conquered death, and then you're going to finally stomp out Satan in the end, God, where he no longer has a power over anyone except those who choose to follow him when they're in the lake of fire and sulfur. And death no longer has power over your people. Thank you for that in the moment, that death no longer has power over us when we get saved. And soon and very soon in the grand scheme of things, God, these chapters will happen and will unfold. And we thank you for that. Thank you for being Lord. Help us to love you, live for you. Help us to follow you in 2023 more than we did in 2022. And then so forth to 2024, 2025, that every year we would grow in you more than we did in the last. Help us to love you, love each other more every day. Thank you for everybody listening. Thank you for Jesus. It's in your name I pray. Amen. So, final closing thoughts of 2022. This year for the Lock and Our Podcast, it's been pretty, pretty amazing. We, 
we celebrated our second year anniversary. And we, we've had some amazing testimony episodes. Good friends of mine. We had, we had Jared Samuels from Pursuit of Manliness on here. We've had, I don't want to start listing because I know I will forget somebody. But we've had some amazing times. If I'm not mistaken, we had an Easter episode this year that was really great. Not because of me or Jackson, but because of the Lord. We had this study that I felt like was was really good. And, yeah. So, 2023 has been amazing. 2022 has been amazing. Sorry. And let's... I think it's always good. This is kind of the closing thoughts for today. I think it's always good to look back on the past year around this time after Christmas to New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, or New Year's Eve. But I think it's also good to look forward and say, okay... 2022, I struggled in this. I struggled. Let's just use something like reading our Bible. I struggled reading my Bible. 2023, I want to make a habit to read my Bible. And if you struggled, if if you didn't read your Bible at all, or you read your Bible once a week in 2022, the best thing for you is not to start a plan where you have to read every day in 2023 because you're not going to do it. And then you're going to just put it aside and not do anything with it. So gauge yourself. If you read your Bible three days out of the week, out of every week in 2022, maybe bump it up to the full week. Say, you know, I think I can do this. If you have not and you want to start, hey, and you think you can do it, then do it. But if you want to read your Bible every day and you, or if you want to just get back into your Bible and you're going cold turkey, chances are, and you have going from not doing it at all to going and doing it every day. You'll struggle a good bit. And at first it will be a struggle. But you've got to keep pressing on. And don't get discouraged when you miss a day. That's why maybe. I, I, I mean I encourage you to read the Bible every day. I know I said the thing about maybe reading three days a week. Yes. That's great. Reading the Bible is great. But. This time's also a great time to look forward at what we can do in the future. To improve. And like I said. If you haven't read your Bible. But maybe one day a week. Or maybe no days a week. And you want to go slow because you know you can't get it done. That's great. That's improvement. But don't stop there. Maybe for the first couple of months you're saying, you know, I'm doing this really good. Let's kick it up a notch. We don't have to do things at the start of every at the start of every year, every whatever. Yeah. So if there's someone you want to improve, do that. But don't maybe maybe not even wait till January first. Maybe start December twenty seventh. Reading your Bible. There's many Bible plans out there. Like I did one last year. As of right now, we are not going to publicize another one. If you would like to see last year's, let me know. I'm currently looking at some different ones, trying to see what my personal quiet time is going to look like for next year. When I find that out, I'll be glad to share that. But yeah. Grow closer to the Lord this year. Read your Bible. Spend time with Him in prayer. So, yeah. I don't know what your way is. You don't know what my way is. But there's there's got, there's got something in each and every one of our lives that we can improve. Maybe it's not one thing. Maybe it's multiple things. And I'm not saying read your Bible read 15 chapters every day leading to burnout. No, that's not what I'm saying. But 
grow in the Lord, whatever that is for you. If that's you want to go from not reading to reading your Bible three days a week, if that's you want to go from reading your Bible from reading one chapter to reading three chapters, whatever that is, whatever that looks like for you. Or maybe it's prayer. You want to go from not praying, you want to go from praying for five minutes a day to praying for ten minutes a day. You know how you're being called to lead and to grow in Him. So do that. And if, if you would like to share those, I would love to hear that. And yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say. Really don't think I do. So I hope you guys have a great new year as it's coming, as this one is coming to a close. And really think about how you can grow in Christ this new year. That's that's my goal for myself and for you, my challenge over the next 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, and 31st, over the next five days. Think about a way. And right now I'm currently praying through a project that we might be doing. If so, you'll hear about it no later than tomorrow, than the day you're listening to this as well. So keep an eye out on social media page. And yeah. Hope you guys have a great New Year's Eve, safe with family, friends, wherever you're going to be celebrating. Cannot wait for next year. And yeah. Hope you guys... Oh, yeah. Duh. We still have the Lackadar merch. Bracelets, pop sockets, stickers. Let us know if you need any of that. We'd love to have that. T-shirts, $20 to you, of course. And yeah, right now... You know, we usually do our like our t-shirts around March. So if we may or may not do that this year, depending on interests gauged, um, probably around February we'll put out a slot of interest. If there's not enough, we won't do it. If there is more than enough, we'll go from there. But go ahead and think about that. So I don't think I have anything else to say, but... I love you guys. Hope you guys have a great time doing whatever you're going to be doing over the next few days. And just remember, point to the point. Hope you guys have a great new year. Goodbye.